So if you have your Bibles, electronic devices, you can click to turn to with me, Joshua chapter 14. And if you don't have a Bible with you or an app or something like that, no worries. The, the scripture is going to come up on the screens as I read them, as we walk through this story. And listen, I, I've been waiting for several months just to work through these scriptures with you and talk to you about the life of Caleb. Caleb happens to be one of my all-time greatest heroes of the Old Testament. And so he may be a guy that you know a little bit about or maybe not much about. And so I'm going to try to bring you up today and help you understand why his life is so important to me. It has been so influential in my life and ministry. And so Numbers chapter 14. And so like I told you, Joshua chapter 14 is where we're going to be. But Numbers chapter 13, Numbers chapter 14 is kind of like the backstory to this whole thing. And so Caleb's life verse probably comes out of Numbers chapter 14, verse, verse 24. You don't need to turn there. Let me just read it, and then I'll give you the backstory, and we'll jump to Joshua 14. But here's what it says. But since my servant Caleb has, has a different spirit and has remained loyal to me, I will bring him into the land where he has gone, and his descendants will inherit it. And so here's the background to Caleb's life. Caleb was with the children of Israel, and they were, and Moses was leading the children of Israel. Numbers chapter 13, uh, they, they came out uh, from bondage, out of the hands of the Egyptians. God had delivered them. God had been doing miracle after miracle, providing for them, taking care of them, leading them. And they come all the way up to, the, to just like the promised land, to the edge of the promised land. And so when they get to the edge of the promised land, they're about ready to take the land, and there's giants in the land, and the land is flowing with milk and honey. It's an awesome place. And the people get a little bit nervous. And so God told Moses, and then Moses tells the people, he got 12 guys together, one from each tribe of Israel. He got 12 men together, and he says, why don't you guys go into the land? Make sure it's flowing with milk and honey. Make sure it will sustain us. And then develop a plan for us. Develop a plan how to take the land, how to take the promised land. And so the 12 men agreed to do that. That's all Moses asked them to do. That's all Moses, because they knew God was in this. God had called them to go into the promised land. And so they send 12 men in. Joshua and Caleb were, were, were part, of the, part of the 12. That's really important to the story. And so 12 men go into the promised land, and 12 men come out. And 10 men gave a bad report, and Joshua and Caleb gave an honest report and gave a, gave a positive report. But the 10, the 10 gave a negative report. And so the 10 come out, and the 10 simply say that, you know what? Yes, it's a place flowing with milk and honey, but the problem is there's giants in the land. And there's no way we can take it. And so, so we should not go. But it was Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb gave an honest report. Joshua and Caleb gave a very positive report. And Joshua and Caleb are the guys that simply said, yes, you're right. And it is a great place. And it is a place flowing with milk and honey. And there are giants in the land. But guess what? If God has called us to do it, we can do it. If God has called us to take the giants, then we could take the giants and we should go. I don't know if you've ever thought of this, but there's always giants in your promised land. There's always giants in my promised land. That's God's insurance policy just to make sure that it's only people of faith that inherit the promised land. And so God was bringing them to the place just to trust him again after all that he had done for them. Well, unfortunately, the people believed the tent. 
The people believe the bad report and not the honest report. The people believe the negative report and not the positive report. And all of a sudden, in that people group, it like melted down. And it melted down to the place to where the people got discouraged. They, no, no, they no, no longer trusted God. They no longer trusted Moses. They wanted Moses fired. They wanted to stone him. They wanted to leave him. They wanted a new leader. They thought he was a bad leader. They wanted to go back to the Egyptians and live the rest of their life in slavery and, and working through that and starving and some of those other things and they trusted the 10 and because they melted down God said fine you're not going to inherit the promised land and you're going to wander in the desert for like 40 years until this generation this unfaithful generation dies off and another generation comes up and then you're going to inherit the promised land you just need to understand there's there's a cost to not trusting God there is a cost to not having faith. When you look at Caleb's life, the story of Caleb's life is this. He remained faithful to God his entire life. He, he remained faithful to God. Listen, I'm telling you, you may have never thought of this, but your greatest faith step may not come at the first or in the middle of your life. Your greatest faith step may come towards the end of your life. This is Caleb's story. Caleb was this guy that just, he just remained faithful. He just remained faithful to the Lord. And now... Now, when we look at this whole story, I mean, he's 85 years of age. They'd wandered in the desert for 40 years. He was 45 years of age way back when they, when they came to the promised land and they didn't go in. And now they're on the brink of the promised land again. And he is 85 years of age. And he is still trusting God with his life. He's still believing God. He still has faith. This is a story of faith. Listen, faith is not something that you just positive emotion. It's not just positive thinking. It's not something you work up emotionally in your life. Faith is what Hebrew says. It's just a biblical definition of faith. Faith is simply this, believing that God exists and that he rewards those who what? He rewards those who diligently seek him, who diligently trust him, who diligently follow him. Faith is simply this. Faith is believing that God exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. It's faith is not this issue of I think I can, I think I can. Faith is resting on the, on the faithfulness of God and knowing that he can be trusted. The children of Israel, God had, God had performed miracle after miracle. And yet they still, they still didn't trust him for their future. Now listen, over the years here at Fellowship of the Rockies, I've thought of creative ways and different ways to kind of illustrate faith. And so I've, I've come up with a new way just to try to illustrate for you this morning what faith is or what faith looks like. Now, listen, just work through this with me in your mind. I'm not asking you to respond to this. I'm not asking you to stand or anything like that. But just walk through me, with me, through this illustration, just maybe to try to understand faith. Let's just say I stood up one morning and stood up this morning and said, Hey, why don't you all stand up with me? Don't stand up. I just want you to think through this. And I say, Hey, why don't everybody stand up? And everybody stands up. And then you, when everybody is up, I just snap my fingers, and all of a sudden our TA department is able to, like, kill all the lights. The emergency lighting is gone. The lights in the building is gone. And we are standing in just total darkness. You cannot even see the, the, your hand in front of your face. And then I tell you, in darkness, I say, hey, why don't you just take a seat? Just be seated. You would probably sit right back down, right? Because you know the chair is there. You can't see it, but you know the chair is there. And the chair has, has supported your 
your weight. You have sat in it. You have history in that chair, and you have been able to support all of your weight in your in that or put all of your weight in that chair, and the chair has supported your weight. That is faith. Faith is understanding that God can be trusted, that even though I may not be able to see where he's working in the situation right now, I may not even be able to see what he's doing right now, but I can trust him because he's been faithful in the past in my life. Listen, when you look at scriptures, the, the Bible doesn't offer a lot of explanations to cope with life's problems, but it offers promises to cling to. And that is so important for us to remember in the season in which we are, in the times in which we live. Caleb, Caleb is still trusting God, and he had gone through a lot of difficulty. He had gone through a lot of hurt and a lot of pain. He went into the land with 12 brothers or 11 brothers, and he came out, and only one brother stood with him, Joshua. And the people believed the 10 and not the two. The people believed that we should not trust God, that he is not faithful. The other two believed in him. And as a result of that, they wandered in the desert. Caleb felt those consequences. And Caleb is now 85 years of age. And listen, he's been around Mount Sinai several times. And there's a lot of water that's gone under the bridge. And yet you find this man at the end of his life still trusting God, still pressing into God even harder than he did at the first of his life. So this morning in the time that I have with you, I just want to give you three principles. That if you're going to be a person of faith like Caleb... If you're going to learn what it means to walk in faith, then there's three things that you and I will have to do in our life. The first thing is this. You have to believe in God's word. You have to come to the place in your life where you just believe in God's word. And it's not, something, it's, not, it's, something, it's not just something with your mind. It's not just some intellectual exercise. You have to come to the place of belief. Believe simply means this, to, to cling to, to trust in, to put your weight in, to where you come to the place to where you say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe in God's word, and I'm going to stand on his word, which that means you have to read it, that you have to know the promises. What are the promises that God has for you? So we just pick up the story, Joshua chapter 14, verse 4. Here's what the scripture says. It says, the descendants of Joseph became two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim. No portion of the land was given to the Levites except cities to live in along with the pasture lands and, the, and their cattle and livestock. So the Israelites did as the Lord commanded Moses, and they divided up the land. The descendants of Judah approached Joshua, Gilgal, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, uh, the Kenizzite said to him, you know what the Lord has promised Moses, the man of God at Kanesh Barnea about you and me. So now all of a sudden they're talking about the promises of God. This is what God promised us 45 years ago. He said, I was 40 years old when Moses, the Lord's servant, sent me to Kanesh Barnea to scout the land. And I, so in case you forgot, I, I brought back an honest report. I brought back a, poor, a report. I said, yes, there's giants in the land, but we can take the land. And verse 9 may have been the, one of the greatest healing statements that Caleb ever made. Remember the 10? This is about the 10. The 10 that went in with him, and they came out, and they brought a negative report. They brought a bad report. And a result of that, the people believed that and caused all kinds of consequences in Caleb's life. Verse, verse, nine, verse 8, I'm sorry, verse 8. My brothers. My brothers went with me and caused the people to lose heart. But I, and now you're going to learn a little bit. You're going to see how many times it says I completely followed him. But I follow the Lord my God completely. 
On that day, Moses swore to me, the land where you have set foot will be an inheritance for you and your descendants forever because you have followed the Lord my God completely. King James would say wholeheartedly, with your whole heart. As you see, the Lord has kept me alive these 45 years, as he has promised, since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel was journeying in the wilderness. Here I am today, 85 years old. God's fulfilling his promise to me. God is faithful. God spoke this promise to me 45 years ago, and I am standing here at 85 years of age, and I am still trusting him. I am still believing the promises. It is like fresh wind in, in Caleb's sails. It is this moment like it is a brand new beginning. He has been waiting 45 years for God to answer this prayer. God has answered this prayer, and all of a sudden, you see this renewed spirit in Caleb's life. Maybe you're waiting for God to do something in your life right now. Maybe you have a prayer request and maybe you have a need. And I'm telling you, you can trust him. So many times when we start waiting for God to do something in our life, we get impatient, right? If it doesn't happen like in five minutes or ten minutes or a day or a week. But you look at Caleb. Caleb was willing to wait years. And you know why? Because he knew God was faithful. He knew God was faithful, and he, God keeps his word, and maybe not on our timetable, but his. And, and when, you, when you look at this, you realize that Caleb was this man of great faith. See, Caleb, Caleb did not put his trust in people. He did not put his trust in the other ten. He put his trust in the Lord. He got a word from the Lord so many times. You know what we want? When we have to make a decision in life, we, we want someone else to give us that word. You know, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a friend, whether it's a coworker, whether it's someone we go to church with, a pastor, whatever. What do you think I should do? What do you think I should do? What do you think I should do? And you know what? We need, we need people that can speak truth into our life, but we need to know what God wants us to do. And we need to be able to get a word from him. Caleb, Caleb cared more in his life. Caleb cared more in his life what God asked him to do than what the others were saying. And so when you look at this, Caleb came to the place and he learned just to stand on the promises of God and allow God to guide him and God to direct him. He said, I, I, I don't know if you've ever thought of this, but the people believed the bad report. The people believed the other ten. And what Caleb would say, the people caused them to lose to like lose heart and as a result they didn't want to go in but Caleb had to suffer the consequences Caleb still had to wander in the desert just like everybody else and there may have been a time when Caleb came to the place that he just wanted to quit because of the bad report because of what the brothers said and, and cause the people to lose heart and he wandered in the desert for years and because of their disobedience and he may have been angry with God or felt deep hurt he may have felt wounded he just he just wanted to live in despair and yet Yet in those depths, he, felt, he found God afresh and anew in his life. See, the word has to guide us. Psalm 119, verse 30, 105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. In other words, God's word, God's word should guide us. And the picture of this was in, in the Old Testament times when they traveled at night, which was very rare. They had these candles that would fit on the, the toe of their sandals. And it, was, it, was like, it, it wasn't like a Q-beam. It wasn't like you know a halogen light or anything like that. It was like one lumen. 
It was just like one candle. And they would put that on their sandals, and it would only light their next step. And what the writer of Psalms is trying to help us to understand that God's word is a light unto our path. And it doesn't always show us the, end, the, the destination. It doesn't always show us everything. But it does show us the next step that we're to take and we're to trust him with the results. When you look at this story, you realize there's like two groups of people. There's one group of people that heard what God wanted them to do, went into the land, and they would not, they would not go. There was another group of people that heard what God wanted them to go, and they would go regardless of, of the challenges. There's two dimensions of faith. One is hearing the promises of God, and then two is the willingness to do what God has called us to do. And Caleb, Caleb is standing on the promises of God. Is it possible there's a place of deeper obedience, a place that God wants you to go in your relationship with him to find the fullness of him? Are you willing to do that? To where you move and take that next step with absolute certainty that God is with you and God loves you. Faith is coming to this place to where you just take that next step and follow him. And that's why we need scripture. That's why we need to believe in the word of God. That's why we need to know the promises of God and the promises that he has, with, has for us so that we can follow him. The greatest thing that we could ever do is to be able to just pray God's word back to him, know the promises that we have him, and trust him. The second thing is this. You not only should believe in God's word, but the second thing is this. You need to believe in yourself. You need to come to the place that, guess what, to where you, you believe in yourself. And this is not pop psychology or anything like that. But I want you to understand where our confidence as people comes from to help us just to believe in ourselves, just to follow him and just to trust him. It's actually found in Joshua chapter 14, verses 10 and 12, and we'll read that in a few minutes. But when you read this and when you start looking at Scripture, you realize that there is a direct correlation between a person's private devotional life and his or her personal faith. There is a correlation between my private devotional life and your private devotional life to your ability to walk in faith, to your ability to trust him, for, to your ability to serve him or to walk in confidence. In other words, this, Pete Scazzaro is the man that would put it this way, that your being with God supports your doing for God. And that if you ever get those reversed, if you ever try to do a lot of things for God and you're not spending time with God, then you will burn out and you will quit every time. But you're being with God. You spending time with God supports you doing for God. And when God speaks to us directly through his word and he answers prayers, it should be a catalyst for us or to help us understand what he wants to do in our life. Our personal, so goes our personal devotional life. So goes our faith, our confidence in God, and our confidence in, in ourselves. It, it was Jesus. When Jesus was teaching a group of people to pray, and he says, hey, when you pray, like, like go into your room and, 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 and pray to your Father in secret for what is unseen is seen to the Father. And then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, then here's a promise, who sees what is done in secret will reward you. That's the definition of faith. Faith is this, is believing that God exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. And so he rewards us of our faith. And so verse 10, so here's how Caleb... Here's how Caleb got confidence in God, verse 10. As you see, the Lord has kept me alive these 45 years. So who has kept him alive? The Lord has kept him alive. His trust was in the Lord. As you see, the Lord has kept me alive these 45 years as he promised. Since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel was journeying in the wilderness, here I am today, 
85 years old. I'm still as strong today as I was the day Moses sent me out. My strength for battle and for my, my daily task is now as it was then. And he's talking about walking in faith. He's talking about trusting God. Verse 12, now give me this hill country, and the Lord has promised me on that day, because you heard then that the Anakim are there, as well as the fortified cities. Perhaps the Lord will be with me. I will drive them out as the Lord promised. When you look at this, you find in Caleb's life, God is fulfilling what he promised 45 years ago, right? And that's just a word to us. People could not keep the will of God from happening in Caleb's life. The 10 that came out with the bad report could not keep the will of God from happening in their life. And can I just tell you this? People cannot keep God's will from happening in your life. Don't give them that much power. Don't give them that much credit. God is sovereign and God is in control. And there's something that happens in those moments. There was something that happens in Caleb's life in those moments. That, that he came to this place to where he understood that where his confidence came from, his confidence in life did not totally come from his gifts, his talents, and his abilities. His confidence in life came from knowing that God is with him. His confidence in life came from knowing the promises of God and what God had called him to do. His confidence in life came, it originated. You see this in his life verse, Numbers chapter 14, verse 24 again. He says, but since my servant Caleb has a different spirit and has remained loyal to me, I will bring him in the land where he has gone and his descendants will inherit it. For 45 years, Caleb stood on that promise. And he said, if God told me that, it's going to happen. I don't know when, I don't know how, it looks kind of bleak now, but I can tell you this, it is going to happen in my lifetime. The third and last thing, if you want to increase your, your faith in your life, you need to believe in the Lord. You have to believe in his word, you have to believe in yourself, and your confidence comes from him. And the last thing is, you have to believe in, in the Lord, and you see this. You see like two phases. It says, when, when Caleb says, perhaps the Lord will be with me, in other words, the Lord will help me, and then he says, because I have followed the Lord, the, the Lord completely, wholeheartedly. And so you, you see those two phases. And can, can I just tell you this you're, you're real quick? And this is like for free. And please don't miss this. When you pray in faith, God doesn't give you something. God gives you someone, and that is himself. There is something better than the something. And that is a someone. I'm telling you, this is such a deep principle in Scripture that when you pray in faith, and I pray in faith, a lot of times we're thinking about the something. Give me this thing. Give me this. Change this situation. Change what's happening here. Whatever it is. Bring this relation. Whatever it is. But can I tell you, there's something deeper that God wants to give you, and that's where our confidence comes from. When you pray in faith, when I pray in faith, God doesn't so much give us something. Yes, that's part of it, but he gives us someone, and you know who the someone is? The someone is him. And Caleb's confidence came from believing in the Lord, and Caleb's confidence came from saying, you know what? The Lord is helping me. You know who kept me alive these last 45 years? I'll tell you who. The Lord. He's the one. He's the one that sustained me. He's the one that took care of me. And Caleb, Caleb was honest. Caleb was honest about the giants in that land. There were giants in the land. The, 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 there were descendants in the land. You know who the giants were? They were descendants of Goliath. Goliath would stand for over nine feet tall. And Caleb was honest 
and said, yes, there's giants in the land. Yes, it looks a little bleak, but God has promised us, and so God is going to fulfill it. Let me ask you something. Is God calling you to do something? Do you need faith in your life right now? Are there giants? Are there giants in your land? It's a relational issue. It's, a, it's an issue with your health, a loved one's health. Is it a job situation, a situation with the economy, is it a situation with what we're going through as a country? Are there giants in your land? A giant may be defined out in our time as something between us and what we believe God has for us. Do you trust God for only what you can accomplish? Or do you trust God for only what he can accomplish? Do you trust God for something that's impossible? Or do you trust God for only things that, that you can do? Many of us, when you look at this issue of faith, are really only trusting God for things that we can kind of do for ourselves. Caleb was this guy that trusted God for the impossible. And when you look at Caleb's life, you realize there's God's part and there's Caleb's part. There's my part. There's God's part. There's your part. There's God's part. And Caleb's part was just following God completely wholeheartedly and leaving the results up to him taking one step in front of the other in faith, standing on the promises of God, knowing that God is with you. And Caleb, yes, Caleb had to wait 45 years. But God did, God did something in that 45 years in his life, in his heart, when you're waiting for God to do something. You know what God's doing? He's working on your trust of him and your relationship. And I've I've watched, and there's many of you in this room could just give testimony of being at the brink of a place in your life and getting to see God do something that only God could do. Whether it's an ICU room, whether it's a hospital room, whether it's your room, whether it was your home, whether it's relationships, whether it was your job. See, this is what happened with the children of Israel. I believe this is one of the reasons they could not go in. Yes, the brothers discouraged them, and yes, the brothers caused them to lose heart. And that was a sad situation. But I think they forgot all that God had done for them. Maybe this morning, maybe you just need to be reminded of all that God has done for you. Whether it's answer a prayer, where it's protected you, whatever it is, would you just remember that? Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, this is, this is all kind of new to me. And I've never really had a relationship with him. Can I tell you that's where it starts? It just starts with a relationship with him. And listen, the Christian life, it doesn't start with a relationship with him and end. When you enter into the Christian life and you enter into a relationship with him, it doesn't just end there. That is the start of the Christian life. And that's why, that's why, maybe the older I get, Caleb becomes more and more a hero to me. Because you find that God is still using Caleb when he's 85 years of age. And Caleb says, 
I am stronger for him now than I was 45 years ago. And so maybe this morning, maybe, maybe you've never accepted him and asked him to come into your life and to forgive you your sins and give you the gift of eternal life. I mean, we, we saw three different pictures of just that transformation right in front of us of people that came and said, so this is what God's done in my life. And because he has saved me, because he has entered into my life, I can stand up and proclaim to you that I am new creation in Christ. And maybe you need to take that step. But maybe you've already done that. Maybe there's another step that God has for you. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes?